heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. In a very odd sort of way, you could kind of sum this uh, election up as, uh, you know, where your parents take the keys to the car away and say, okay, that's enough. That's enough. And, and I'm speaking of this takeover of the country that everybody know, uh, knows has been happening here. Uh, that uh, I think the keys were at least temporarily removed from the Marxist left. And it's because of all of the touch points of this election as to why I say that. You're talking about defunding the police, removing the police department in uh, uh, Minneapolis. That did not fly. Uh, You're talking about governorship races that were clearly supposed to go a certain way, but came back uh, to a more patriotic viewpoint. Uh, and that that is clearly a big story. But even uh, even New York City, uh, uh, amazingly enough, uh, the city council there, uh, he had races in Brooklyn, Queens and uh, Staten Island. And uh, they may, they've taken four. The Republicans have may take a fifth as well. Uh, and of course, we know what's happened in New York uh, throughout the, these last many years now. But surely this pandemic of de Blasio has been an absolute train wreck uh, for uh, anything that resembles freedom or liberty in uh, New York City uh, for certain. I think New Yorkers will be happy to see him go. Uh, so extraordinary evening. And, you know, the thing about this is a lot of us, it was a bit, you know, nail biter, whatever, you know, we were kind of hanging on to every moment with late night for many. And uh, I think a lot of people were waiting to see, OK. You know, will they flip this thing? Will the will the numbers start to change? And we were all a little squirmish. I mean, let's face it, you know, it got to a certain point where the numbers were looking like, okay, is there enough distance? And I, mean, I looked at it as well. The truth, truth be manner, you know, uh, be told here. I looked at the numbers and say, okay, now what will they need to sort of pull some shenanigans? Now you say that and you say, oh, come on, Malcolm. I mean, for those of you who don't think that really happens, but you know, the left, they do all kinds of things. Uh, in fact, it's a proven fact. I mean, when they can't, if they can't win fair and square, which hardly they can never on their policies, let's face it. So then you have to try the games and the shenanigans and all of that. You know, the night before, you've seen that uh, McAuliffe was out there saying that the Trump was, this is just before the election now, that Trump was in town on the stump for Yunkin. I mean, they tried everything under the sun, including, you know, Biden there mentioned it, what, like 24 times in that one speech? I mean, it was nauseating. I mean, just run on your own damn merits. Put your policies out there and we'll decide if we want your happy ass in office or not, right? Come on, what's so hard about that? But no, they have to lie. You see this other thing that happened just uh, just before the election here with the the good old uh, Lincoln Project. Uh, so they had uh, some uh, uh, a stunt out there. So they had a group of people proposing as white supremacists and dressed up as you know Yunkin supporters. Oh my God, he's another one. You know, it's of course reminiscent of uh, Charlottesville, right? I mean, all of that and and uh, you know, this is what they do, and they they just can't win on and so they tried the racism thing that did not go so well uh at all but they, they tried like hell so the question is uh 
you know, as they, as we say, maybe we take the keys from them and, you know, I always pride ourselves in America that we don't go too far to the left or too far to the right uh, with the extremist viewpoints. And we stay as a, uh, as a nation of opinions and diversity and thoughts. Uh, and uh, typically, I've, I've always said that about our country, we, we tend to swing back if the country goes too far in a particular direction. But you know, a lot of you, as, as I have been, we've been, we've been a little uh, scared in recent times and thinking this is a new territory we haven't been in before. Potentially, this is one where, uh, you know, we're going down a road and, and you get to a certain point, you do a question, don't you think, you know, are we really coming back? So that, that was the stakes, really, my, my fellow Americans on this race. I think a lot of people were holding their breath, wondering, are we really, are we coming back? Because if all this went that other way, you know, it, it would have been, I mean, not to me, it wouldn't have been, but to a lot of people, it would have been an endorsement of, of Biden or whatever he's doing. Now, this is a, certainly a repudiation on his policies and his uh, program, uh, and hopefully drives a, a big uh, stake through the entire uh, process here. It, it definitely is going to take some gas out of the tank there uh, for these people. But, you know, gloating and all is not the answer now either. It's trying to figure out the answers and where do we go from here? You know, big story has got to be Virginia. That was the big one. And uh, with Yunkin and Yunkin won of he ran a very interesting race that he won on. Very interesting. You know, he was. You know, how do you say uh, low key? You know, he did, he kind of stayed away from all. I mean, they handed him a lot of firebombs trying to get him to explode. Uh, it's, it's surely the Trump one for sure. So they could try to tie him to that and sort of sink the ship for those Virginians who don't care for Trump. But then again, there are a lot of Virginians who love Trump. Uh, and so, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But that was their best hope uh, because they knew that, uh, you know, McCullough's policies uh, certainly sucked. Uh, so you, and he certainly blew it on education, but a lot of people are suggesting that he won on the CRT in the election. That's the only reason that he lost that the Yunkin won, you know, and I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. It was, I think that was a piece of it. I, I think surely, I think parents are starting to push back a bit here and thank God Virginia became the epicenter for that because we've been seeing all that all over the damn country. Uh, and finally, something happened. And, and that's what's going to be a historical notable moment coming from this race, actually, is that Virginia parents stood up and said, like hell, you're teaching that crap to my kids. And no, we're not sticking masks on them and all this stuff 24-7 and all this. I mean, come on, you know, what's the matter with these people? Um, and but that's that, that those were the stakes here. I mean, this was tremendous. So we're going to cover through this election here on the Voice of the Nation here. We're going to have J.D. Rucker join us in a bit here. A little bit later in the program, Lieutenant General Tom McInerney will be here. Uh, you know, he's been, and, and I, it's interesting, I'm anxious to get his views because, as you know, he's been one of the loudest voices in our nation about election fraud. In fact, I, I received a text in this morning from Sidney Powell, actually, we were talking about some things, and she said, uh, you know, and her message was, well, you know, about these election results, Malcolm, well, my point is this, don't fall for it, uh, as proof the system works, meaning the victories, you know, what have you. We And she is an advocate, she says here, must have paper ballots, hand counted, and real citizen voter ID. And she said that on the show here a few weeks ago, remember, she really believes we need to get back to paper ballots, voter ID, and cut the nonsense off. I mean, that's where she's coming from. 
Let's bring J.D. Rucker on now. He's a journalist and activist fighting for Christian conservative values. Uh, you, you know him from the uh, NOQ report or the NOPE report and Liberty Daily uh, and a terrific voice. I'm excited to have you on here, J.D. And so I'll tell you what, it was it was that sort of a night that and, and a long night for many. We, we get through that. We get to the morning and say, OK, where are we at exactly? A lot of people saying, OK, this is CRT, uh, just the parent thing. That's the reason they lost. That's what I mean. I've seen a couple of stories, the Huffington Post and others about that, blaming it strictly on that. But it had to be more than that. When you look around the, the country and you look at what's going on in New Jersey right now. Uh, and, you know, it had to be more than that. Exactly. Do you think this was a, uh, a, a the moment where maybe a test where we take the keys back from the Marxist left or what? Well, I think you nailed it, Malcolm. Thanks for having me on. It's it's funny because I came on and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to get into an argument with Malcolm because he's, <laughs> he's going to be like a lot of the others. And with literally like everybody out there right now is saying, saying, oh, you know, this was a, a repudiation against critical race theory. And it's <laughs> it's the parents. And I'm like, no, guys, that's just like a minor, minor, minor part. OK, if it was just CRT, then they wouldn't have also won the lieutenant governor's race and the attorney general's race, both of which were leading to the left, you know, hours before the election was supposedly happening, right? So there's, no, CRT is important. It drives passion, absolutely. But people vote based upon what's happening to them, period. This is, you know, everybody tries to break it down. You know, what is it going to take? What issues are we going to have to go after? At the end of the day, it comes down to, they look in their pocketbook, they look at their situation, they look at what's happening and they choose you know, do I vote with what's happening with, with who's leading us today or do I vote against who's leading us today? And so if a Democrat is, is in office, which is obviously the case in the White House, as well as with uh, Ralph Northam, they say, OK, so it's not working. I'm not doing well. My family's not doing well. So I'm going to vote for the other guys. And that's what ends up happening. You've got the you know 10 or 20 percent of the base on the left and 10 or 20 percent of the base on the right who don't care. They're just going to vote straight ticket. You've got the, the the majority, I think, that lean in one direction or the other. But then you have about 20 or 30 percent right there in the center who say, you know what, I'm going to to make my decision based upon what's happening to me and my family. CRT, big issue. If the left wants to say, oh, that's the reason. Great. Let them say that all day. I just don't want to hear people on the right saying, oh, my gosh, guys, this is it. This is the secret ticket. You know, we just hammer CRT in every election. and We're going to be in power again. No, guys, focus on what works and focus on what doesn't. And I'm also glad that you brought up voter fraud, but I'm sure you want to hop in and, and segue into that at some point. <laughs> no, for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, Youngkin uh, ran a brilliant race. Really, he did. I mean, <laughs> he was a complete gentleman through the whole thing. Uh, he stayed with the issues. He, You know, the thing about him, J.D., is he didn't get tripped up because, you know, they always try to trip the, the, the guys up like that. And they really tried to, desperately to trip him up, especially with the Trump thing, but also with racism and all of that and the CRT stuff and all of that. He didn't bite the bullet, did he? No, not at all. He did run a, I, I wouldn't say a flawless campaign, but as close to a, a flawless campaign as we've seen in a statewide election in a long, long time. You know, he didn't play the underdog. Underdogs generally tend to get too aggressive, maybe try to make too many ways, maybe try exactly. to get too many sound bites in there. He just said, look, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. This is what's happening to you today. Are you better off now than, than you were before? And he made that that argument. He did it, as you said, as a gentleman. He did it courteously. He didn't go up there yelling and screaming. You know, he was excited. He still had some passion. Right. But he didn't he didn't make a, a fool of himself. And that's at the end of the day, 
you know, I say that people vote based upon what the, what's good for them, but when they really choose if they like somebody or not, that's also a big factor. Do they yeah. like the guy? You know, I mean, Gavin Newsom, one of the reasons that he keeps winning elections isn't because of his policies, isn't because of his anything that he's done out here in California. He's been a failure his entire political career, an absolute failure. But he keeps winning elections. And one of the reasons he does that is because he's got a nice smile. He's a good looking guy. He, he talks kindly and softly most of the time until except when he gets rattled and then he sounds like an idiot. You know, but he's able to win because he's likable. Youngkin is very likable. I'm not crazy about a lot of Youngkin's policies. I think he's a little bit, a little milk toast. But my gosh, compared to Terry McAuliffe, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. he's oh, yeah. he's he's an in- incredible upgrade, especially to to McAuliffe and, and uh, Northam. So so uh, kudos to Virginia and and wow, well done. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, now, what about this as a model? If you look at this now, now we know, you know, this this was really the bell. Is this the bellwether for the the midterms here? And because this is going to get into high speed right now. I mean, you realize that we're, we're now going to this is what it's all about now. Now, the midterms, it's going to be, you know, Congress is at stake here big time. Uh, along with a lot of state uh, governments as well. But uh, is this the model looking at the way Youngkin ran the race more or less? Because again, it's very delicate here, as you say a moment ago, JD, it's very, very delicate, you know, running these kinds of races. He could have been very aggressive. You're right. As, as you know, going against somebody like this here as the underdog, he, he played the race pretty well, I thought. Uh, and uh, do you think uh, they can learn from this, the Republicans or what? Well, they can, but let's keep something in mind, Malcolm. Yeah. You know, Youngkin going up against against Terry McAuliffe. Right. Okay. Is Youngkin played the right exact play against Terry McAuliffe in the state of Virginia. If he was going up, let's say that it was he ran the let's say that that um, Ron DeSantis ran that exact same type of campaign against Gillum in Florida a couple of years ago. Right. DeSantis probably would have lost because in that state against that opponent, he needed to be boisterous, aggressive, mm. and, and sometimes insulting. He needed to, to invoke a little bit of Trumpism, I guess you could say, as far as the way that he campaigned. So, so yes, there's there are certain things that can be learned from the way that Youngkin ran the campaign, but I think it really comes down to this. You match up, you know, it's very similar to to in sports. You know, who do you who do you uh, have guard? Um, you know, LeBron James, you, you try to match up somebody who can be as fast and, and who, uh, who might be as tall and might be as strong. You know, you don't put a point guard on a LeBron James just as you wouldn't put, put uh, you know, Dikembe Mutombo on, on Steve Nash. So you really have to look at it from that perspective. But to answer your question directly, um, yes, Youngkin was able to run a f- nearly flawless campaign, and that's extremely important for the Republicans to take away. Let's not shoot ourselves in the foot. Let's not stay, say stupid things, you know, because the media is going to try to make us say stupid things. Let's let's get them so desperate. Oh, my gosh, this guy's not saying anything dumb. So let's call the Lincoln Project and have them do their thing or something. I don't know. Right. You know, get them to make the mistakes and they will. Right. Right. If we don't make the mistakes, they're going to make the mistakes. 
Yeah. So what about the fraud now? So we, you were waiting for it. I was, I'm sure many other people were waiting to see. I mean, I had a lot of messages come in and people thinking that, okay, looking very carefully at the vote count to make sure there were no shenanigans, anything electronically going on. And then, you know, if they had this system set up that was a no-fail system uh, on election fraud, the question is, why did they fall short? Why didn't they pull the levers the other way? What happened? Ah, very good question. So we have to look back to last year with Florida. What happened in Virginia this time in, you know, for this election is exactly what happened in Florida. Same exact circumstance. They knew going into both the Virginia race as well as the Florida race that they were behind. Okay, they being, we'll say, we'll use the Democrats. It's not specifically all the Democrats. There's a, a, a small, actually pretty large group of people that go around and they cheat. Okay, this is what they do. They're professional cheaters. You'll never find them in the, in the, on Google. You won't be able to look for them in the old style phone book. But you know the, the operatives within the Democratic Party, and there are some within the Republican Party, who know they can make a call and get, and get cheating done. This is exactly what happened last year. Remember the parallels. So in Florida, they wouldn't call the race. It seems crystal clear, crystal clear that Trump had won. Just does it seem crystal clear with 94% of the vote and 96% of the vote, and even at 80% of the vote, you know, they were like, wow, it looks like it looks like Youngkin's gonna win. You know, but and they, they weren't the calling it though. They, they, they weren't would calling not it. call it. Yeah, that's they right. They would not call it because they had been instructed, we've got to see, and this is what happens, and this is what. You know, when you, you said you were going to bring on uh, Lieutenant General McInerney, love that guy. I've interviewed him as well. He's going to bring up Hammer and Scorecard. And you say, you know, well, if they have the system in place, right, well, why can't they just win? So there's, you have to look at it, or the way that they look at it is from a risk assessment perspective, okay? If we're down by 20,000 votes, okay, the risk is minimal. We can manufacture 25,000 votes very easily. Let's make it 30, you know, for for uh, giggles, Okay. If they're down by by 50,000 votes in a state like Virginia, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's getting it's stretching it. You know, we're, we're really exposing ourselves at that point. But, you know, then somebody decides, to, do we pull the trigger or not? Down by 100,000 votes, it's like, guys, we're not going to make it up. Just call it. OK, if we if we push the button, so to speak, and reverse this race, we're going to get busted. The House of Cards is going to come crashing down and every election for the last 20 years is going to be looked at. Yeah. That's the risk assessment that's made with every election that was made last year with Florida. They kept saying, hold off, guys. We're, gonna, we're still trying to figure it out. We're going to try to figure out if we can manufacture enough votes to flip for Florida for Biden. Just like last night, they were saying, hey, Terry, we're going to look at it. Um, you know, hang tight. We're going to see if we can reverse this. If not, sorry, man, you're out of luck. They're not going. They want to win every election, but they're not going to sacrifice yeah. their their scheme for the sake of. Yeah. of one election, even a major one like the Virginia gubernatorial race. Yeah, I've been wondering exactly what you said right there. You you, you got the sentiments out exactly, J.D., uh, that uh, that strategy in play, uh, you know, the, the risk assessment is the right way to say it, actually. Uh, and I sense that as well last night, wondering, you know, there was enough of a victory. There's what you're saying, right, for uh, right. Yunkin that, you know, hey, you can't, you got to kind of, and they knew, they also knew, let's face it, JD, they knew that all eyes were upon this very clearly. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the midterm is going to be a little more interesting. Uh, first of all, you've got, uh, you know, the, the the large factor of the House of Representatives up. That's a lot of races. First of all, the questions, and I, I want to ask McInerney that later, as of, I mean, I mean, you know, is the system that advanced that they can cheat in all those races, number one, because that's a, that's a hell of a load? Or is it also bad because there's so much, it's hard to keep your eyes on any one thing, like the last general election, there was so much going on, you know, it's easy to bamboozle things. That's kind of a factor too, isn't it? It is absolutely, um, and where I slightly ever so, I think McInerney is on the right track. I think that ninety nine percent of what he says is, is correct. I think that there is this is a dual the way they steal these elections. And, and Malcolm, I don't want to come across as some you know uh, naysayer, but but I've done a lot of research into this, and I can tell you that the way that they are able to get elections is from both sides. In other words, they have to have the physical logistics to be able to, you know, they they don't just push a button and the votes are manufactured and they call it a day because there's the risk of audits. They have to be able to demonstrate where the votes came from. You know, even if they cover it all up at the, you know, at the end, they still have to be, there still has to be physically enough ballots. We saw that, um, I think it was, was it in Wisconsin or Michigan? I forgot where now, where they had, uh, like 40,000 votes all had the same phone number. That was a desperation move. They had to, wow. they had to make the decision. Do we, do we actually, you know, pull the trigger on this? They can do it technologically very easily. Okay. That is hammer and scorecard. That's what, what McInerney will talk about, but then they have to be able to back it up with receipts and the receipts are the physical ballots. So I'm with Sidney Powell. Let's go back to, to what worked, which is physical ballots, people watching over it, hand counted. And, and let's let's get this right. And, and definitely IDs. Yeah. And she's she's she stays firm with that. I mean, she talked about that on uh, uh, our weekend program uh, just a couple weeks back. And, she, you know, a lot of people looked and said, well, going back to paper ballots. But as she said, it's it's so pathetic what's happening electronically that the, the risk is way too high. So you bring it back. Of course, we laughed as well, J.D., about the, the hanging chads. Remember the hanging chads? And that's, what, Florida, that's what started all this. That's it. That's it. And it all changed. We remember it well. And it all changed. And here we are again here. Uh, you know, the other thing I, I want to touch with you on, beside this extraordinary race, and it is extraordinary what just took place, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a visionary, JD. I'm a big thinker. So I tend to look, I'm, I don't have a box. I never have a box. So I look at things around 30 to 50,000 feet about all the time. And I look at this race as a big deal back to the keys in the car because they kept pushing and pushing. And I think what's happened is Americans are realizing that first of all, Biden's policies are atrocious uh, and the left's policies are atrocious and their whole concept of what they want to do with law enforcement uh, their whole concept of, uh, you know, the, the welfare state and, 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 and the, the, the deficits they're running up, all of these are, are not winnable debates and arguments. And I, I think, and my guess is, and I don't know what you feel about this, but I think they went too far. I think they pushed, they, I don't think they realized how far they were going, but Americans at the end of the day are not stupid. And they see what's happening to this country. And we've all been running around with our head up our backside saying, you know, something isn't right here. This is not a normal time or, you know, I call it a historical moment of time. Uh, but, you know, something's wrong in, in the country. And everybody has felt that. 
that's what I think is most important about this race is had the momentum kept going that way, I think it would have been a, a real problem for this country if we didn't get some of these uh, this um, momentum, J.D., is what I'll call it, to reverse back the other way. This is now going to take some of the air right out of the tires of the left and certainly the Biden presidency. Will it not? Absolutely, it will. You know, this is it was an indictment against the very policies that you were you're speaking of. Yeah. And it was the first true revelation as far as us being able to come out as a people, you know, the people of Virginia, as well as New Jersey, as well as New York. You know, the, the you're right. The reversals, the Republican victories were not just in New Jersey, even if Phil Murphy ends up winning. I'm sorry, in Virginia, even if Phil Murphy ends up winning in New Jersey, then it, it's still I mean. Nobody was looking at that race. Nobody thought there was a Nobody chance. Nobody was. That's right. Okay. Nobody was. And so the fact that it even got yeah. this close, that we still don't know that there's like a 1600 vote difference mm. the day after the election. Wow. You know, I think that yeah. Murphy's going to end up winning. But the fact that he got, it, they got so close is an eye opener. And you're right. This is going to, to scare the Biden regime. Mm. It's going to scare the Democrats in general. And it's going to make a lot of them start rethinking, whoa, 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 maybe we need to maybe we need to come come to our senses and stop trying to to pander to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and pander to the to the radical left and Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Maybe we need to start asking the, the hardworking American Democrats, you know, that are moderate and, right, and love this country. Right, let's right. ask them what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the people I invite in here all the time. I ask all of my conservative friends to please bring in the left of center uh, the, and the independents and the moderates. That's how we're going to win this whole thing. We're not I mean, we don't want the Marxist left and they're certainly not interested in our message for sure. Uh, you know, I'm still surprised, J.D., with with a Phil Murphy. I mean, this guy is a freaking communist. OK, for real. I mean, he is atrocious. His policies are disastrous. What he did with covid was bizarre, beyond bizarre. Uh, and I can't imagine. And I, I was looking anxious to see if people were that stupid out there that they would put this clown back in the office. And quite frankly, I thought uh, Citarelli had uh, had not only did, you know, he has a, a good shot at I mean, he could still win it. But the point is, I'm even surprised. I know a lot of people are surprised that, you know, Murphy was a slam dunk, but I see, I don't see it that way. I think at some point, you know, you got to wake up and smell the coffee here. And I'm just surprised people up there. What is the attraction to a guy like Murphy with New Jerseyans? Any idea what the hell that attraction is? Well, I did not, again, I didn't watch the race very closely leaning up to it because I didn't think it was going to happen. But the <laughs> word on the street, I've got a lot of, lot of uh, friends and contacts in Jersey. And the word on the street, even before the election, leading up to it was, you know, uh, uh, Cedarelli had had the race if he didn't run such a horrible campaign. And the fact that his campaign wasn't very properly run, he didn't run a Youngkin-style campaign, we can say, is the only reason that he is not the governor. Had he been, you know, more, more, I guess you could say, more Yunkin-like, then he would have beaten Phil Murphy. That's what they were saying. Again, this is what they were telling me before the election. Okay, mm -hmm. this is the you know, before election day. They were like, yeah, this is this guy. He he would have could have won, but I don't think he's going to because he turned a lot of voters off. Whereas mm. if he had just run, let Phil Murphy shoot himself in the foot every day. Yeah, I've been going after Phil Murphy for years. Yeah. I really have. Okay. okay. Um, I've been going after him hard. And New Jersey is ripe to, to turn purple. Um, it's just going to take one more election, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, and maybe yeah, that's exactly when you say. And I like the way you say uh, more Youngkin like, uh, and it, but potentially that would have been the measurement of victory. Uh, I like what you say. They're very optimistic in regards to New Jersey. One last point I want to make before we have to pause here, and that is, you know, the other thing that really irritates me. Uh, but this was, I again, we've got to, you know, JD, we've got to um, showcase this point I'm going to make with you now on uh, conservatives. Not speaking about, we got to stay on it. Is this racism business? And, you know, I I'll really it, it makes me so sick inside. I get so fed up with this BS. And I'll tell you, when you look down the lineup here and the fact that they've tried to make America since the Barack Obama years into a, a racist country again, flipping all of our progress over the past hundred years, these these bastards. And, and here we are now. And you look at the kind of people that won here uh, on Tuesday and you look at the uh, and I'm talking we have more first blacks in office and Asians in office and ever just like it should be just like the diversity of this beautiful country we're in. This is not a racist country. I, I will argue that back with anybody. This is not a racist nation. And, and this election proves it. And, and yet they still, as I say, with the white supremacist stunt, the Lincoln Project out there, they still try to use that as the go to card. Will they learn a lesson? Well, I think they did. I think that, you know, we, we could talk about critical race theory, theory. We could talk about defunding the police. We could talk about um, the economy and a lot of the issues that drove this election. But I think the one thing that they're definitely going to hit the brakes on is, well, two things. And they're, they're very closely tied together. Number one, as you said, the, the point, at, point the finger and say they're racist. Okay, that just doesn't fly because if you say it 100 million times, which they have over the last six years, if you keep saying it over and over and over again, it just loses its effect. And that's clearly what's happening now. And the other thing is Trump. You can't say, oh, he supports Trump. She supports Trump. They love Trump. They like Trump. Like you said, a lot of Virginians like Trump. Okay. He, a lot of them do. And then the ones that don't, a lot of them just aren't even going to vote for a Republican in the first place. So now you've got those people who are there. They, they Maybe they don't care about Trump because he's out of office. Maybe they liked him, didn't like him, or maybe they just have no attachment to him in regards to their, their current election needs, which I think would be a plurality of people. Okay, They're starting to realize that that's not a, a good button to work. I've always been a fan of this. And this is, this is um, to me, this would be the winning strategy for Republicans going into 2022. Race is not an issue. And it's so not an issue that we're going to go through into each individual race uh, election, and we're going to find the best candidate, man, woman, uh, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, I don't care. The best person, the best Republican for to represent us is going to, to be nominated. And it doesn't matter, you know, it's not like, oh, because I hear a lot of people saying, oh, we got to get more, more black females to run. No, we just need to get the best people to run and demonstrate that they are the best people for the job, yeah. regardless of race. And if we can get back to that, yeah. I think that we can win more races. Yeah, thank you for saying that, brother. I, I, I endorse that statement 100%. And uh, I, that's the America I love right there, that uh, we get, you know, we're judged on our, our merits, our values, who we are as a people. And, you know, I love this country, J.D., for the purpose that uh, we are such a diverse nation. I love the amazing people and the fact that we all don't look the same. We don't act the same. We don't think the same. And we're not the same. And it's a beautiful thing. It's what the left uses against us is exactly why I think we are that shining city on a hill. We have to push back on the left and end this racist stuff once and for all. J.D., thank you for, for jumping on here with me. This is great. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks a lot, Malcolm. 
Okay. All right, friends. So you're listening there to J.D. Rucker. And, uh, you know, before we get to General uh, Tom McInerney on, uh, I want to just recap this amazing, amazing moment here and the adrenaline that uh, I think people are feeling in the country. You know, it was a moment where we had to really step back and say, "Okay, all right, uh, you know, are we going more down that road or are we going to? Flip this thing back, because, again, I've always seen that in our country. In fact, I prided ourselves on it, that we never allow ourselves to get too out of touch with reality. But but yet I think a lot of you would agree with me when I say we do have a sense and a feeling that we've gotten out of touch with reality. You agree with me on that? Yeah. I mean, you know, over these last many months and surely through this entire pandemic, but even before that, these last many years, as our country has been teetering and tottering on this, uh, you know, socialism path, which is really a a Marxist um, future uh, of communism, which uh, is not what America is based on and built on. And, you know, they they made so much progress, the far leftists, and you've seen what they've done within the party itself. The key to this, my friends, is this. And just remember this, they've overplayed their hands. I believe they have absolutely overplayed their hands. I think that's what's taken place here. And uh, I think we now see that in this election here and what has transpired. Listen, it gives me a good feeling and a jump in my step because this is the America I love. I uh, just adore uh, our nation, uh, as you know, as a patriot and as a conservative patriot, what I believe this country is for an American exceptionalism. Uh, in our diverse nation, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a beautiful place. I mean, let, let's not uh, screw it up, you know, for sure. Uh, well, listen, uh, let me also remind you here again. Uh, listen, I was so busy today. I, now I'm going to confess with you right now, I did not get out and walk today. If you can, I know I tell you every day I'm out walking several miles and couldn't do it today. Too busy. Now, that's not an excuse. I'll either do it later today or I'll double up in the morning. But, uh, you know, that's I always try to remind you to get out and enjoy this beautiful planet we're on. Um, and it's an important uh, part of our day, it should be. Uh, we all need a little uh, movement around exercise and what have you. You know, I'll tell you uh, one little uh, tip here, one thought. You know, when I'm out walking on the sidewalks of, of life of America here, I love to greet people on the sidewalks when you see the various people, you know, and they, hey, good morning, good morning. And they always look at you and say, oh, this guy's a live wire, you know. But it is, it is fun. You know, it, the thing is, it's always interesting to me how many people will say, you know, good morning back and how many people will snub you and keep walking. And uh, I, I always find that fascinating. I did a show on that a while back. You might remember with the dog and, and the, and the um, uh, oh, God, too much to get into now. But you might recall that was quite, quite fascinating. Uh, it's the sidewalks of America. That's really what our elections are about, the sidewalks of America. But anyways, I didn't do that today, but did take my healthy cell. And a healthy cell is the way to go. Uh, it is, comes in gel form. It's, it's more than the old vitamin now that was outdated uh, really since the 1930s. It's the same vitamin, but not healthy cell. Now you get it in gel form. They got the, uh, the, the daily regimen. You've got the immune super boost. You got REM sleep, uh, you, you got focus, you got a whole host of amazing products. I'll tell you what, it makes a difference. And you feel energized, you feel out loud style. I love it. I love the product. I've been taking it for three and a half years, love this company and what they're for. And that's why I, I celebrate it and, and talk to you people about it, uh, because I want you to feel good and, and, and do well for yourself. Invest in yourself, please. Invest in you. Don't don't waste stuff. You know, I know everybody's worried about money, this or that, but you know, this this is really important important that we we take care of ourselves don't you think 
And, and our immune system is clear right now that, you know, we don't know what virus or COVID or disease or influenza is coming down the pike here and what we're still dealing with. So you want to take care of your immune system. Now, all our listeners, every, all of our people here, our friends, they get 20% off uh, your first order. Just go to HealthyCell.com forward slash out loud or click the banner ad back at America Out Loud. Well, we're going to take a pause, my fellow Americans, but we will be back, as they say, with Lieutenant General Tom McInerney. Uh, You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. This is Dr. Peter McCullough. Do you know there's no other condition that I'm aware of where vitamins and supplements make such a big difference than COVID-19. We have an abundance of data that we need to be replete with a variety of micronutrients, and that includes vitamins, minerals, and other substances our bodies need. I rely on Healthy Cell Super Boost. That's immune super boost. It's a, a gel pack that can be taken every day. I like to do it before I exercise and before I go out. It's a wonderful supplement. It gives me the immune super boost that I need. Go to HealthyCell.com, use the promotional code OUTLOUD, and get a discount on your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. back to the voice of a nation. Boy, it is a voice of a nation, isn't it, here looking at this election. Uh, I think the big question we're talking about is what does this election 2021 really tell us? You know, I, as I shared with you up front and we're talking with J.D. Rucker, we, you know, a lot of people are thinking it's, you know, it's just the CRT or the teacher thing or whatever the parents. But it's far more than that, people, of what's happening here when you look at politics in our country right now and a Marxist takeover that is in the full light of day. Uh, there's a lot more happening in this race here. But listen, one of the big quandaries we're all wondering, and you know, and I, I'm going to ask now, uh, Lieutenant General Tom McInerney joins me, in fact, here right now. Uh, I'm going to ask him right up front here because he, he's been one of the leading voices in our nation on this uh, uh, election fraud business. All right, so we're all sitting there, uh, General, and we're all waiting. Uh, it was a long night, and we're, we're, it's a nail biter, and we're looking to wait to see. Everybody was carefully looking at those numbers, but, you know, under a microscope, saying, "Okay, what's happening, and when is X Y Z going to happen?" Now, a lot of people are speculating today as to why that didn't happen, uh, but uh, let's start right there, please. Uh, what, what really took place there with the race last night? And of course, right now, New Jersey is still a nail biter. Not, not only knows what could happen there. What do you think happened? Did they just back off because it was too much of a distance? Or why didn't they pull the lever on this thing? In one word or two, they were thwarted, three words. 
thwarted is the word, the single word. And let me give a little background on that. Okay. I was, uh, I, I knew that they were because of their patterns of behavior. This is an intelligence operation, the whole thing with the cyber warfare. Mm-hmm. So they give certain indications what precincts, et cetera, they are going to work on. They don't work across the board. They go into certain precincts. The lead-in came in right after the polls were closed, Malcolm, at 7 o'clock, that Fairfax, the largest county in the state, was having problems with their thumb drives. That's, that was the excuse. It's kind of like the toilets in, uh, in Georgia. Um, but so immediately I knew they were working Fairfax, and that made sense because of the ability to to hide it was a it's a strong point of the democrats and it fit all the patterns of behavior and uh, just before i went on last night at 11 o'clock excuse me at 10 o'clock eastern time um, i got a call that said it looks like we have overwhelmed the system uh, that Youngkin was 250,000 votes ahead, and it was too hard to catch up on. And that was, a, quote, an explanation. So I went on the air and said, well, I was going to predict that McAuffle was going to win, uh, and he was going to do it through cyber. But uh, I am, I'm withholding that because there were too many votes that uh, overwhelmed what he what they were going to do, but then all of a sudden something like 125 or 150 thousand votes come in for McAuffle, and I say, uh oh, I think we're going to get tricked. They put up some deception on us, and uh, lo and behold, I was expecting it. I'm still expecting it because the mail-in ballots will be counted for three days after the polls are closed. So. I think you've got to expect that they are going to do something, even though McAuffle has conceded, even though all the mainstream media. But let me just say this very, very simply. They were thwarted. And I can't say any more than that because Mm -hmm. of my source. But the fact is, uh, the good guys won this Mm -hmm. time, except, Malcolm, we should be aware Mm -hmm. that they're three days in for mail-ins, Okay. Which which will get greater scrutiny, of course. Okay. All right. So so you you let's let me make sure of this now because this this is really uh, incredible. So you're thinking even at this point with the vote count the way it is because it's no longer that two hundred fifty thousand as you were just talking about as you know the final count yeah. right now is much much closer. In fact, it's uh, it's really only what uh, seventy thousand apart here much much more minuscule right now the distance is 50.7 and 48.6 of course this is a, uh it can vary slightly as you say with the other votes coming in and what have you but that makes it a much closer race it, probably easier to uh, for, uh, you know apply for it and steal if you're going to do it but you believe even though he's conceded even below it's been called by all of this you think that that could really happen in the next few days where this thing is turned back over I would not be surprised if a large slug of votes came in for McAuffle. I just, I would not be surprised. They have tried everything, what they did in 2020, 
what they did in 5 January 2021. Right. They have been relentless, and they have not been coy about it. Okay. So I would not be surprised okay. if something like that popped up. Now, right, we'll so get we, a lot we of know in a few days, right? You're saying we'd know in a few we, days. We know the... in a, a few days. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to tell you something right now, General, I, I, and I, I'll say this to you, and, and I and I really mean this because this really gets under my skin at this point. And I'll say this: uh, you know what? I, I hope the hell that happens. What you just say that they do exactly what you say, and if that really happens, and I hope that, it, and I and it's not trying to be a total smart guy here, but you'll you see where I'm going is if that really happens yeah. in the light of day. Yeah, I hope that if if that's there, I hope they go for it. Because I'll tell you what, the American people, I think you're going to see rise like you've never seen rise before. Am I right or am I wrong here? No, I think you're right. And I think they'll rise and they'll demand an audit in all 50 states of the 2020 election. But clearly the six battleground states that were the ones they primarily used, Arizona, uh, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, that they used to win the election. Only you had to turn three of those states and Trump would have won. And the Republicans have not talked about this enough. It's vital what you were talking about. And I'm with you. I, I, I expect this. That's why I said before, three days ago, that they were going to use cyber. And they did use cyber. The problem was they were thwarted this time like they were thwarted in 2016. Hillary was supposed to win, but 2020, they overloaded the system. Mm. Wow. And, uh, wow. and, and look, that's how corrupt and how evil these people are. Mm. Mm. I mean, the open borders, the inflation, mm-hmm. the surrender of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. all these things mm-hmm. are deliberate the vaccination and what is the mandatory vaccination that this president will not sign the executive order authorizing yet companies and the military are acting as if it was authorized, but it is unconstitutional. And that's why the white house won't let O'Biden sign it. But all these things violating our constitution, our freedoms are being conducted because we have, uh, unconstitutionally elected individual and the state legislatures have not done their job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me, uh, break something down general with you and let's, um, uh, here's a quandary. I want to, I want to peel this onion with you a moment here. And it, it's this, as you just stated, and as it is a fact and everybody who hears me knows there's not a policy that has been effective from this communist regime that is in the White House. There's nothing that he's done that is good for any American people whatsoever, period, end of story. It's not a close, it's not a close argument. It's not a debate. It's just a fact. Everything, you stated a few of those policies, uh, has been a, a, just a complete blunder. And it has exposed this Marxist takeover for what it is. Now, Everybody should know what's going on in the Democrat Party and what's taking place there. Now, you see back to the election fraud and all that that's been happening to whatever degree that it is or isn't. And now we have this interesting 2021 race, General, here where we're okay. 
you know, the stakes are not quite so high. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit, but nothing like that's going to be in 2022 and 2024. In 2022, you've got the House of Representatives that's going to turn over uh, to some degree, all those seats. And you've got the Senate and uh, and that's and you've got a lot of states as well up there. And then, of course, the, the general election uh, two years later. So those are the ones that really matter. So whether this whether, you know, whatever, however, they gauge the importance of Virginia or not, which has gone from red to purple to blue in these last many years with whatever that is all about. But you look at the policies right now, General, that are happening in our country, and you look at Americans, we all sort of looked before last night and thought, okay, this is why this race is important. Here's why it's important. If if the vote goes so heavily to the Marxist left, and we're talking in all of these states, and including, and there's been a lot of victories here. We, we even got quite a few seats in the New York City Council. Uh, we, we've taken uh, four, potentially five seats back there. Um, they voted down in Minneapolis. There's this, uh, you know, uh, 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 blowing the police, the department, police department up. Yeah, they've t- totally, uh, that, that was repudiated. All these things are being, you know, uh, uh, reversed back. And then, of course, we've got the New Jersey governorship, uh, which is remarkable. And then Virginia, all three top uh, seats. But I wonder, you know, we started thinking, General, okay, you know, is this all... If there's victory, in other words, what does that victory taste like if Republicans get back in the draft? Say, oh, my God, we got Virginia. Oh, we got maybe New Jersey. And oh, we got some progress here. We got some progress here. We got some progress there. And then, you know, what does that really all mean? Or is that just part of the game here? And I'll tell you why I say that, because, you know, I had a message in. I shared with listeners just a little bit early here from Sydney Powell this morning. And, you know, she's been a real advocate. She's been talking earlier about paper ballots. And she exactly sent me a message. She said, Malcolm, my point to this race is this. Don't fall for it as proof the system works. Now that's, uh, and I want to drill this home again to everybody while, while you're here, McInerney, because you're, you're, uh, you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about here. So Sydney said, don't fall for it as proof the system works. And I think a lot of people are going to fall for that. Must have paper ballots, hand counted, and real citizen voter ID. Very basic stuff. But that's how you make a fair election. What do you say to all that? Spot on. She gets it. These these guys are continuing to press these write-in ballots. And and for instance, uh, President Trump had an article in the Wall Street Journal the other day that said 71,000, this was in the 2020 election, Pennsylvania, 71,893 mail-in ballots were returned after the November 3, 2020 deadline at 8 p.m. None of those should have been counted according to the Constitution. Mm. 10,515 mail-in votes from people who do not exist on the Pennsylvania voter registration. 20,000 excess voters out unaccounted for by the Pennsylvania Department of Elections. In other words, more votes than voters. And and here's our problem and why Sydney's spot on. We have absentee ballots that are highly documented and a chain of control. The mail-in ballots we do not have. For instance, in Georgia, Georgia mailed out, this information just coming up to some of the audits, Georgia mailed out to buy one million more mail-in ballots. But the 
time they asked for him was was passed when they could have gotten received him and sent him out to anybody. Those were the mail-in ballots that they used. They pulled out from underneath the tables that we saw and in Fulton County, and they just started ramming them through. They weren't in envelopes or anything. So the opportunity for corruption, the Democratic Party has made it an art. They are very, very good at it. They are good at being corrupt. We now have an unconstitutionally elected doofus that's sitting in the White House. And uh, no one, if you wanted to design how you could take down America and communize it, he has done every step, open borders. He's done the surrender in Afghanistan. He's done the inflation. He's done the mandatory and the vaccination, yet he won't sign the executive order. And people are getting fired and and they aren't working. All those things he is doing, Malcolm, and the American people are accepting it. So we have got to, if we do not have a foolproof electoral system, we are finished. It is remarkable uh, what you're saying. I, I totally, I get it. We all get it, uh, General. We all get what you're saying. Uh, it, 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 you know, this whole moment is, we use the word surreal because it is, as you say, the policies and the overwhelming failures of all of these things. It's very clear to everybody what's happening here and taking place. And and we're all uncomfortable with this and we're highly uncomfortable. And many of our people on the platform at America Out Loud and very smart people are, are saying it's time for a revolutionary war. It's time to, enough talking here. I mean, people are really saying that because they're really fed up and they, they know it's not business as usual. So here's what I ask you then. I, and I just, you know, as you we lay this out there, so can, is this potentially, General, a test for people to think the system works and that potentially they get too comfortable? Is that the concept here? That Because there is this, oh, my God, we won here, 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 and we push that back. And, wow, it may not be so bad. Now our chances in 2022 are going to be swimmingly well. And we're, we're, go- we're golden. We're taking our country back. And I'm hearing that from people actually throughout the day here. We're taking our country. Everything's good. Everything's good in paradise here. Is that the problem? Are we too comfortable with that? Yes. And it's the, it's the adversaries that are really floating that everything's okay Mm -hmm. we're comfortable do not believe them this is the worst situation to include the civil war and world war ii since the formation in 1776 of this republic malcolm it is extremely dangerous this is our normandy Mm -hmm. it is extremely important that people understand that we are either in World War III has already started with the biological attack of COVID-19 and followed up by the massive cyber attack on the 2020 election. Or we, which is the lead in using the Chinese doctrine that they have come up with, with biological attack and uh, cyber warfare, or we, we are in the middle of Cold War II and we do not know it. And that's the danger. We knew when we were in World War II, we knew when we were in the Civil War. 
Do the American people now know that we are in one or the other and it's being led internally by Americans funded externally by foreigners? All right. So what's the real lesson right now in our last uh, couple of moments left? What's the real takeaway the lesson from the what do we do as as patriots and we we know what the fight is here what would you like to see happening right between i mean right now as we leave this between now and the next big you know milestone is going to be 2022 what do we do demand audits the uh, from the 2020 election as a minimum the six battleground states arizona uh nevada wisconsin pennsylvania michigan and georgia Demand them. I would like to see audits from all 50 states, but demand the audits on the 2020 election so the people can see how corrupt that election was and why we have a doofus for a president. He is spending a half a trillion dollars on global warming, and that is not our problem, Malcolm. Yeah. 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 We just talked about that with scientists yesterday. This COP26 and the baloney happening out there in Glasgow is ridiculous. Uh, and the shenanigans playing out there as well. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, listen, as you you hear um, General Tom McInerney here and, you know, he made that comment before to me, actually, when he said uh, sincerely, he said, uh, because he's always sincere when it comes to this sort of conversation. And, you know, and when it comes to the health of our country, we are sincere, aren't we now? Is that, that's that's really what it's all about. But he said it before World War Three or Cold War Two. You think about that, that. That is a hell of a statement to put out there. And I, I need to do a program on that and really dig deep into what that means. I mean, we know what it means. But and, and the other point he says to that is we really don't know. That's the real casualty here. What are we really fighting? Uh, it makes you think, obviously. But the other big uh, takeaway here is this is our Normandy. Fascinating. Wrap that all up with Powell's conversation here and her quote about, yeah, don't fall for it. It's proof the system works. And, you know, this thing came together today like just a well-oiled machine here with J.D. Rucker and uh, Lieutenant General Tom McInerney and and uh, the contributions of uh, uh, Sidney Powell's comment there. Um, it makes us think. So as we think we're celebrating a celebratory moment in our country for a system, the question is, uh, back to the election system, uh, fair and uh, equitable elections, right? Liberty and justice for all. That's, I guess, the underlying point here to all of this. Um, and then we see what's happening. And that, that's what's so egregious to this is the Marxist takeover, the policies. I mean, you know, you hear General there. And uh, we're not talking casual things, people here. We're, we're just not talking casual stuff. We're not talking about a, uh, you know, a, a little shaky economy, but we'll be okay. Uh, we're not talking about, yeah, we had a little blunder in another little country. No, no problem. Yeah, but we'll be okay. Uh, yeah, you know, we're having a little bit of immigration problem, but we'll be okay. It's none of that stuff. I mean, the house is on freaking fire everywhere. I mean, this thing, they, they invent crises every day. We, will. we know there's another crisis somewhere. I mean, this is what this uh, this whole thing is about. And that's the whole thing about, uh, you know, that that's the whole Marxist agenda and the Sololinsky program. You, you know, you, you if you can't, uh, you know, if you don't have the brilliance, you baffle them with bullshit, they say. Right. Well, these people shine in that class. They're at the head of the program there. Wow. All right, kids, it's been a program. We're on it. We're on it. <laughs> it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. And uh, 
We're on the front lines here. We thank you as always for being with us on the mission here. Election 2021. Remarkable, huh? It's time to get involved and get loud.